Well, the book of Revelation, as I'm sure you've noticed, has moved to a time of judgment. Judgment is bittersweet. It is sweet because it means that there's the wrapping up of the times and entering into the golden age. It's bitter because people are going to experience the wrath of God. We're going to dive into a message called Bittersweet in Revelation 10 today on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, and podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. And now here's part four of Revelation 10 called Bittersweet. Everybody flip over Revelation 22 for a second. Revelation 22, verse 10. Revelation 22, 10 says, He said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. The whole of the book of Revelation is not to be sealed up. So I take it as the 22 chapters of Revelation. But this portion, this smaller portion, associated with this little scroll, if you will, is to be sealed up. Now the question is why? What did these seven peals of thunder say? What was the message that was being articulated that John was about to write, and then he's told not to write? Inquiring minds want to know. I want to know. But I don't know. (laughs) Because where the Bible is silent... We must be silent. But I'll tell you, uh, uh, I'll call it an educated speculation. Maybe this is God's voice from heaven during the day of the Lord speaking to mankind. uh, Roaring from Zion, which we do have evidence from other scriptures that he does this. And that people are fearful of not only his presence, but we could add his voice. I don't know for sure. But the context seems to be that maybe this is God's judgment, his words to the world, um, his voice to the world. I don't know, but I'll let you consider that. And the angel whom I saw standing, Revelation 10, 5, on the sea and on the land, lifted up his right hand to heaven. I mentioned to you that you can see that also in Deuteronomy 32, verse 40, and it's the Lord speaking. So when this happens, the angel whom I saw standing on the sea, on the land, lifted up his right hand to heaven. Now let me ask you, what do you think is going on there? Why at this moment does this angel or this messenger lift up his hand to heaven? What do you think he's doing? Here's what I think. I think he's making a vow. I think there's a promise being shown here. I think there's, there's some sort of vow that's being taken I think this is, God, you are going to be true to your word. This will come to pass. God will make good on his promises. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe the promises in Christ are yes and amen? Do you believe that you're going to rise? Do you believe that God is on the throne? Do you believe that Jesus is coming again? Well, I think that's what's going on. I think this angel swears, and this is verse 6, which confirms it, and swore by him who lives forever and ever. There's an oath. To take such a vow, says one writer, is to affirm before God that one is going to speak the truth. That vow is indicated 
that what the angel was about to say was of the utmost importance and truthfulness. And so he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven, the things in it, the earth and the things in it, the sea and the things in it. I was thinking of those uh, programs that show you the aquatic life, you know, under the sea that you never get a chance to see. The incredible colors and variety and creative majesty under the sea. I tried it. Anyway, (laughs) it's incredible, isn't it? It's phenomenal. You see those fish in there? They do that kind of funny (laughs) schools of fish and, I mean, whales and weird-looking things that bottom feeders and top feeders and in-betweeners. It's incredible. The colors. God made everything in heaven. That's all the angels. He made everything on earth, all the people, all the animals. He made everything in the sea. He's the creator. The things in it. And here's the word. Here's the promise. This is probably the core of it. That there shall be delay no longer. You remember in Revelation 6, I think it's verse 9, the martyr said, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you avenge our blood? The church has been praying for 2,000 years. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. We've been saying, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Many have prayed for the second coming of Christ. That will be even more intensified in a time of great tribulation, don't you think? When people will be saying, rescue us, Lord. They've spilled enough blood. They've done wrong. And this angel, with an oath between him and heaven, to the eternal God, verse 6, says there's going to be no more delay. The time is now. There's going to be a time when we won't be talking about the future anymore. There's going to be a time in the millennial reign of Christ when we'll talk about perhaps the past, if we'll go there. But everything to us in this book, as we look at the future, second coming of Christ, has been future. Second coming, come Lord Jesus. When is going to happen? When are we going to have new heavens and a new earth? When are the wolf and the lamb going to lie together? When is the lion going to eat the straw? When is the kid going to play by the viper's hole? When is there going to be no more death and no more mourning and no more crying and no more sorrow and no more pain? I'll tell you what, I'm tired of seeing death. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing the stuff that sin has done to this planet. I want to embrace a time when the delay will be no more. And the oath by him who lives forever and ever is there will be a time when we can say it is now. Look at the end of verse 6. There will be no more delays. Why does God delay? Because he doesn't want anybody to perish. So we live in between the times, right? Between the first and second advent of Christ. We live between the first coming of Jesus Christ when he paid for sin and rose from the dead and the second coming when he's going to judge the world in righteousness and rescue his bride. We live between the times. But at least we live in the new covenant. (laughs) At least we have the 66 books of the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit who sealed us for what? The day of redemption. We have a lot going for us and a lot to be grateful for. And one day, where is the promise of his coming is going to be answered with his coming. The Lord Jesus Christ will come. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, verse 7, when he is about to sound, and remember we said he doesn't sound until chapter 11, verse 15. 
Then the mystery of God is finished as he preached to his servants, the prophets. When this seventh trumpet blast occurs, the mystery of God will be finished. What is the mystery of God? Quickly, because we're running out of time. Colossians 2.2 talks about the mystery of God is Christ. Colossians 1 verse 26 says, the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, what? The hope of glory. In Ephesians 3, verses 3 through 7, we have the mystery of the church, Jew and Gentile, coming together in one body. That's a mystery. But there's one I want to show to you, and it's very relevant to this topic. It's found in Romans 11. Romans 11. So you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Go over to Romans 11. Look at verse 25. Romans 9, 10, and 11 are trying to answer the question about what happened to Israel. Will God work again in Israel? Is he not going to make good on his promises to the people of Israel? To whom receive the covenants and the promises? Romans 11, verse 25 says these words. I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery. Romans eleven twenty-five. The mystery of God is finished. We just saw in Revelation. I don't want you to be uninformed of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until what happens? The fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and thus all Israel will be saved. Just as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, or I wrote in my notes, he will roar from Zion, Joel 3.16, and he will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Here's what I think is going on. I think the mystery of God being finished is the mystery of Christ revealed, the mystery of Jew and Gentile in the church, and the mystery of what happened to Israel will be fulfilled because Israel's scales will fall in that day and they will look upon him whom they pierce and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. They will ask questions about perhaps even his wounds. Revelation 10 will finish it. These mysteries will be summed up Life is a mystery to many people, but in the Bible, the word mystery is musterion, and it's a sacred secret once concealed, now revealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ and in the work of the church and in the work of God in Israel. And so as we kind of finish this up for tonight, Revelation 10, 8 says, the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard again speaking with me and saying, go take the book which is in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. And I went to the angel telling him to give me the little book. And he said to me, take it, eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter. But your mouth, in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. Now, this sounds pretty strange, doesn't it? You want me to eat the scroll? Now, I grew up with some guys who would eat things, bugs and things like that. Uh, One time, I worked in a pizza parlor when I was growing up. And... um, I was a teenager at the time, and I had a friend who would do all these crazy things. And so we, we had this bet. We'd all take those red peppers that you put on pizza, and we would get a heaping tablespoon of them, put them in our mouth, and see which one had to drink water first. So I was pretty wise back in those days, pretty much a wise guy. And I said, you go first. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey everybody, my name is Shane Lance and I have the privilege and honor of being the music director here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to a really cool event that we have coming up called A Journey to Him. This event is an opportunity for our high school students and young adult students to put on a performance where they get to use the talents that God has given them such as poetry and spoken word, original music, dance, even some painting is going to be happening. And if you want more information on this event, you can go to the App Store on Android or iPhone and get our Living Truth app. Just look for the little red circle with the white pillars inside of it, or you can also go to livingtruthcorona.org. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I went to the angel telling him to give me the little book, and he said to me, take it, Eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but your mouth, in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. Now, this sounds pretty strange, doesn't it? You want me to eat the scroll? Now, I grew up with some guys who would eat things, bugs and things like that. Uh, One time, I worked in a pizza parlor when I was growing up, and um, I was a teenager at the time, and I had a friend who would do all these crazy things, and so we, we had this bet. We'd all take those red peppers that you put on pizza, And we would get a heaping tablespoon of them, put them in our mouth, and see which one had to drink water first. So I was pretty wise back in those days, pretty much a wise guy. And I said, you go first. So (laughs) we're timing each other, right? So you ate the peppers. (laughs) And there are all these little peppers. And they were burning his mouth, and he's trying to be tough. (laughs) You know, things coming by. (laughs) Right? He was spitting those peppers out for about a week. I don't think I ever did it. I don't remember ever doing it. I think after I saw him, I said, you win the bet, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'll buy pizza tonight. I don't want to suffer like that. I went to the angel, and I ate the scroll. And he told me, in your mouth, it's going to be sweet, but it's going to make your stomach bitter. You know, we started off talking about tonight, the message is bittersweet. And I think that's what John is experiencing. He's seeing the second coming of the Lord. The one that he followed is about to be enthroned for all the people to bow before Jesus, but it's also bitter. And I took the little scroll of the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. I say scroll because books weren't around until a little later. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And when I'd eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. I can't help but think of some late-night meals that I've chosen to eat personally. This is just a confession. Man, it sounds good to have a burrito right now or two or three, and you eat it. And then how many of you have ever had that regret right afterwards? I, know, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Wasn't that a commercial or something? You know, I'm never going to do that again. David said, Psalm 119, verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. See, the word of God is sweet. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, thy words were found and I ate them and thy words became for me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I've been called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. But I do think as we see the full picture of the word of God and that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, 
The book of Revelation is bittersweet. And this little portion of the judgment that's coming to the world, if the seven peals of thunder are about the judgment that's coming, it's going to be bitter, but yet sweet at the same time. And I think that's the essence of Revelation 10. And that's the essence, I think, of the Christian life is we preach a message. We want everybody to get saved, but not everybody's listening. And they said to me, verse 11, you must prophesy again concerning many peoples. This is not just about Israel, concerning many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Well, Father, we are grateful for this chapter, and we know that John will go on, and he will talk about Mystery Babylon, and he will talk about many nations and tongues and kings. He will give us imagery of nations and confederations of nations and those who oppose the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The book will unfold with a battle of Armageddon, and there's going to be a lot ahead for this book. We're going to have uh, two witnesses prophesying, Saturn at, at Jerusalem. The world will celebrate their demise, and then they will rise in front of the whole world. There's a lot coming in the book. But right now we live between the times, between the first and second coming of the Lord. We have a, a window Jesus, you said, occupy until I come. And so, Lord, we want to enjoy our lives because I believe you've, you've taught us to rest and enjoy life and, and love people around us and do all those things, but also to always keep in mind at the forefront of our hearts and minds is the kingdom of God, to preach the message of hope, to pre preach the message of truth and love and justice in a world that is longing for answers, Lord a world that in many ways is lost, can be found. You told us the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we know that this is going to be the end of the age, but until that time comes, Lord, we can preach the everlasting gospel and we can preach the good news, which is sweet. And we pray that many will receive it. In fact, we want to pray right now with one heart, Lord, that there would be a revival in America. And that, uh, Lord, it would be the work of your Holy Spirit, not our ingenuity, not our uh, tactics or our programs. We need a move of your Holy Spirit, Lord. And so we're going to cry out for that, that you would move by your Spirit to do something in our time that we can only say, this is of God. And I pray that you would let it start with us. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Well, I know for many of you who are listening right now, you have been praying for revival in America. And we need to remember that revival, first and foremost, starts with the people of God. It's reviving the church. So let's start there. Let's be praying for the church in America, that we would have a revival. We, we need an awakening in America. We need unbelievers, of course, to come to the living God. That's what we are praying for, we preach that, but we also need revival in the church. I'm sure you would agree. And one of the keys to revival is getting back to the proclamation, the bold, uncompromising proclamation of the Word of God, trusting in its power, its authority, and its power to change hearts. So if you've gotten away from that, my brother, if you're a pastor right now, and you've gone with the gimmicks and the programs instead of trusting in God's word, could I just encourage you, go back to preaching systematically through the word of God. Trust its power. 
because it has the power to change. It's living and active, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. This is what we need. Now, for those of you who have been listening for a little while, and maybe this is a little different view on the book of Revelation, hey, that's okay. We've been talking about the timing of the rapture and weighing that and, you know, wrestling with it, but I'm encouraged that you're listening and that you're diving into the book of Revelation. Remember, at the very beginning of the book, there's a blessing attached to studying, hearing, heeding this book. So it's been awesome to share it with you. We're glad that you've been part of it. Hey, I want to also let you know that if you're a person who's been listening in as a non-Christian, maybe other friends and family members don't even know that you're listening to Christian radio. Hey, we want to welcome you. We're glad you're listening. And maybe you're at the point where you're ready to say, you know what? I want Jesus to be my Lord. I don't want to be on the outside looking in. I don't want to be in the stands watching the game. I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know this hope. I want to know that my sins can be forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven, saved from the wrath of God because Jesus took the wrath for me. Right now, you can make that decision by praying. And I would encourage you, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. But if you want to just pray this no matter where you are, if you're in your home, you're at work, Maybe you have some headphones on right now. You're listening even as you're working out. Just pause for a moment. This is the most important decision that you could ever make. Lord Jesus, pray it. Come into my life. I believe in you. I believe you're God in human flesh. I believe you came down to rescue me from my sin and from death. I don't want to go it alone anymore. I'm tired of the lies and the false ways. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Would you save me? I turn from my sin and I turn my life over to you. Be my Lord, my God, my King, and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you committed your life to the Lord for the first time, or if you rededicated your life, we would love to know. Reach out to us at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Let us know who you are, where you listen, when you prayed to receive the Lord. It would be a great encouragement to us Keep us in prayer. We'd love to know how to pray for you. And we're glad that you're listening to Walk in Truth. Well, I'm Pastor Michael Lance, and I'm excited to let you know that we do have something new for you from our team here at Walk in Truth. And uh, a reminder that Walk in Truth is a ministry of a great church in the city of Corona in California, Southern California. It's called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. And I have the honor and privilege of serving as senior pastor. One of our great staff members, he actually leads our evangelism team, is Paul Hicks. He's been writing devotionals several times a week that you can get on your phone. I know if you're like a lot of people, especially here in Southern California, man, you always feel like you're running to the next thing. You're trying to you know, stay ahead of the clock. You're fighting traffic, whatever it may be. It's a great way to get a devotion right on your phone, ready for you. It's short. It's Bible. You get scripture and then you get some thoughts on the verses and here's how you can get it you can text step closer as one word to 33222 step closer one word to 33222 join in with us as we all are trying to get a step closer to the lord jesus join us in this walk you can get this devotion step closer 33222 
Now, please join us Sunday evening because we have a very special service that you're invited to, you and your family. My son, Shane Lance, will tell you more. I wanted to take a moment to invite you to a really cool event that we have coming up called A Journey to Him. This event is an opportunity for our high school students and young adult students to put on a performance where they get to use the talents that God has given them, such as poetry and spoken word, original music, dance, even some painting is going to be happening. And it's going to be a great time to just get together with a body of believers and just celebrate the things that God has done in our life. So that's a journey to him. It's an event where our youth and young adult will be displaying the talents God has given them and how he's changed their life. So we hope you'll join us. That's again, August 4th at 6.30 p.m. Well, we know that's going to be a blessing to you and your entire family. And even think about an unsaved friend or family member who could benefit from something like this, a little different type of service, but proclaiming the gospel. And if you want to invite somebody, come on out. We'd love to meet you. If you serve in a church and a Sunday evening is about the only time you could come and hang out with us, we'd love to meet you as a fellow co-laborer in the gospel. Come on out. You can get the information and directions to our church, Living Truth in Corona, when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the Visit tab. That's walkintruth.com, the Visit tab. Now, please make sure that you tune in on Monday because we'll begin in Revelation chapter 11 with an intriguing study called The Two Witnesses. Look forward to meeting you on Monday. Have an outstanding weekend. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you. Remember, to learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, podcast, or to donate, visit walkintruth.com. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.